WMAY mobile app. Well, today marks another major milestone in the long journey back from the pandemic. Hybrid students in District 186 began returning to school four days a week instead of going every other day. So you had twice as many students in more classrooms today. How did it go and where does it go from here? To talk more about that, Springfield School Superintendent Jennifer Gill is with us. And thank you, as always, for taking the time. We do appreciate it. Hey, no problem at all. Give us the uh, the quick rundown of day one, and let's let's start with the fact that again you had uh, nearly double the number of students that you had been having in school buildings on a daily basis today. Are you still doing the temperature checks and symptom checks when they come in? Logistically, how did it all run today? You know, I just uh, left a large group of principals who are giving me some very positive feedback about how their day went. I'm sure after day one, uh, each school will be tweaking and uh, considering, you know, what differences they need to do uh, for tomorrow and the next days to come. But, yes, very much uh, in line with what you just said with the mitigation strategies. We are still uh, doing the symptoms checks and making sure that we're checking uh, temperatures at the door, making sure we're following all the protocols uh, with face masks and things of that nature in our buildings. There was a a big discussion last night with the Springfield School Board about, uh, again, because we are are still seeing cases, at the very least, they're not declining. They have been going up a little bit. Hospitalizations are going up. Questions being raised about, do we have a plan in place if the situation gets worse again before it gets better? And it sounds like at this point, we're just kind of playing it by ear, day by day, and just evaluating. Would that be a, a fair way to assess it? Well, I certainly don't want to think that we're not, we're obviously using data. Um, I want to draw everybody to our um, new dashboard that we have up on our main website. When you enter into the Springfield Public School website, the second uh, blue box on your left says the COVID-19 dashboard. If you click on that, you can see real-time data that's uploaded every night at 5 p.m. Uh, to show you the number of cases that we have within our district and the number of students who are excluded due to quarantine or because they failed one of the symptom screeners um, in our district. And that also goes for employees. And you can actually take that down by school and see where your individual school is. So we definitely have data at our fingertips that we can utilize each and every day. And if you look at the data, and we have it active and live up, of course, through last weekend, and then it will be added tonight. Um, at the end of the evening, but you can see that there has been a downward trend of uh, positive staff and students in District 186 from, um, especially from January, but even more so since March. So the decline in our own population has helped us feel comfortable uh, returning to school, but we are knowledgeable and in tune with IDPH and the Sangamon County uh, Department of Public Health. And if there were ever a concern that would be raised, we would act accordingly. Uh, you've got uh, guidance that allows you to have students just three feet apart. Uh, teachers also mm-hmm. three feet of social distancing, unless they're not vaccinated, they're still recommending six feet. Uh, yeah, you did recently a survey of teachers to find out how many have been vaccinated. What has that shown and, and how many uh, unvaccinated teachers are in school buildings right now? Well, you know, I don't have the exact number. Uh, I do have some percentages. We did the survey and we did this of all faculty. So please know that this is not just teachers, but any adult who is serving in our schools. It could be secretary, paraprofessionals, custodial staff, as well as our classroom teachers. 
And of the 1,200 respondents that uh, did, did give us information on the survey, 87% of those have received the first or the second dose of the vaccine. Another 4% have an appointment to get um, a vaccine, and they may have actually already had that first dose by since the time they filled out that survey. And then we have about 8.9% who says at this time they don't feel comfortable or it's not medically um, you know, suggested for them to get the vaccine. Springfield School Superintendent Jennifer Gill is with us. Uh, last night, you uh, laid out for the school board uh, your proposal to alter graduation requirements again this year as it was last year. Instead of having 26 credits required, it would go down to 22 credits required. Are you looking at other changes in terms of student evaluation this year? Uh, I know some districts, for example, have changed how they will assess uh, pass versus fail. At a certain point, they will cut off and say, from this point forward, you can improve your grade, but you can't hurt your grade anymore. Anything like that being implemented in District 186? Um, we really are just keeping it to the graduation requirements right now and doing everything we can to push students forward uh, through these last eight weeks of school. That's why coming back four days, uh, whether remote or in person, was, was a good uh, strategy to kind of give us that strong push for the end of the school year um, and then consider um, summer boost opportunities that we can give students as well. Um, we, so we have not talked any further about any change in grading practices, uh, but we did feel that the 22 credits is still um, well over the requirement of the state of Illinois, um, but will help uh, give some grace to those students who are juniors and seniors throughout this pandemic. Without modifications, though, in the standards for determining whether a student passes or fails, are, are you worried you're going to have large numbers of students having to repeat a year? I know there were concerns that a lot of students were simply failing uh, classes because of all the disruption to their normal learning routine. Well, and I, I think that you, you have to look at elementary and middle school differently than you look at high school, which are credit-bearing, and we do have those graduation requirements that we need to um, comply with by the state of Illinois and by our school um, school code. So we wanted to make sure that, that we had that opportunity for them to graduate with fewer credits than maybe they had uh, normally expected to uh, prior to the pandemic. And we did do a lot of alterations in grading at the last, um, end of the last school year because of the pandemic and us really truly not being in the classroom uh, for several weeks. We did do the uh, grading uh, and giving them some grades that they couldn't go lower than their previous grades. So we did do that at the end of the year to help them with that boost. Um, and this year, just trying to do anything and everything we can to support students through tutoring and some other opportunities. Elementary and middle school, we do have a little bit more opportunity to shift our standards and, and move things into the next school year and really plan for some reteaching and support of our students as they enter school next year as well. So um, maybe taking a little bit of a slower approach to, to gaining mastery on those standards, but one that will give them the uh, skills that they need to move on to the next grade level. And that brings us to uh, the summer school, and you laid this out last night, really an expanded approach to, to summer school. How different will it be than what summer school has looked like in years past, and, and how effective do you think it will be in helping students regain some of that lost ground? Well, we certainly hope that parents take us up on these opportunities. Uh, we've staggered the programs and made sure that 
Um, there's still some time for them to relax and have some time off of school this summer, but also participate in some of our programming uh, for students who may have found themselves um, a little behind or or still need that academic push. We want to make sure that we have as many opportunities as possible. So I think the greatest change we'll see is in the number of students who can participate um, and that it will be in, you know, five different elementary school programs. Um, We're going to have a program at each of our middle schools which we have never had before. And then we will continue to follow the model of each high school having um, their own program. So we're, we're very confident that there's enough programs. Um, the other thing that happened last week, and I'm so thankful for our community as a whole, I held a listening session with a number of community partners who serve students uh, during the summer months as well alongside us. And I just saw a lot of creativity and uh thinking that was going on from our our local groups as well about what they can do during the summer to support our students. Will these summer programs be mandatory for students if they are in that uh, in, in danger of, of failing uh, this academic year? Or are you going to leave it optional for students and families? Well, I think there may be some hard conversations that we need to have and, and sit down. And if, if students have not been in attendance and not been participating uh, either remotely or in hybrid classes, Uh, We may talk about retention or may talk about um, having to do these programs in the summer in order to not be retained into the next level. However, we also know that there are many students who will just appreciate the opportunity to continue to learn and continue to catch up. And those that have um, credits that they need to make up, I mean, if you don't come, you're not going to get those credits. So we want to make sure that we're encouraging families to consider the big picture uh, beyond the pandemic and how it's going to affect you know, the number of credits that they have as they move throughout their high school career. I know it's a lot just to deal with the end of this school year and the summer that's ahead, but to what extent have you looked to the fall and what school is going to look like then? Governor J.B. Pritzker said we're going to have about $7 billion statewide to go toward these academic efforts and and helping with learning loss and and retention and things. Uh, They put together this uh, sort of educational toolbox for districts with a lot of different ideas on ways to approach learning going forward. So so, uh, are you looking at any of those ideas? a longer school day, a longer school year, uh, other efforts to to try to get students back into a a more normal routine come the fall? You know, I think our our ultimate goal is to have as many students back learning in person as we possibly can have and a more normalized school year as we would normally think of it um, and provide extra supports for those students at every step of the way. Uh, The document that we got last week was about 200 pages long, and so we very much appreciate the work of the uh, P20 Council um, and their work along uh, the state of Illinois and the State Board of Education uh, to create that. So that will be a guiding tool for us as we as we begin to plan for next school year. Um, our hope and, and, you know, prayer is that people will continue to get vaccinated and that we will re- reach that threshold uh, where we can move into phase five and that um, the, the positive cases uh, become uh, negligible here in our own community, especially those that are required to go to the hospital. So I think we have a lot of planning to do um, as we go into the summer, and we do have the next school year at the forefront of our thinking at this point in time, and there's a lot of things to be worked out and thought through for sure. Do you anticipate offering a remote-only option again in the fall? Do you think you might continue to do asynchronous days one day a week like we're doing now? Uh, How far have you gotten in in any of those discussions? 
Well, and I think anything I say at this point in time would be speculation on my part, but I do um, predict that we will be back five days a week next school year and operating on full school days. Um, and we've always had our Wednesday early out. Um, we'll obviously be working alongside um, the teachers unions and local 15 and other groups that that uh, have been affected by this at, at great measures so that we can hear their voice and, and, and they can tell us what the things that they need and the things that will support them the greatest as we move into the next school year. Um, and, and at this point in time, um, remote learning is something that was brand new to us, but it has resonated well with some students. Um, so I don't think you'll see us go completely away from opportunities for remote learning, especially in some circumstances. However, I will reserve my comment until I can understand what the directions are uh, from the state of Illinois. Uh, remote learning was never an option before, uh, and they opened it up uh, to be an option during this time of the pandemic. And in fact, it became a necessity um, and was required that if any family wanted their child to be remote, that we should offer that. Yet, I'm, what I'm understanding for next school year is that that um, is going to be suggested only for those that may have medical needs or, or some sort of a specialized reason for needing that type of instruction. So we will have to learn a little bit more about what's expected of us um, from a state level. A lot to work through in the weeks and months to come. Springfield School Superintendent Jennifer Gill, as always, we thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate you.